Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here this fine Friday. I hope you're ready for the weekend. The phone number, 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the phones. Hey, real quick, uh, don't forget, if you text ENGAGE, the word ENGAGE, to 33777, you can get tickets to the gathering in August in Atlanta. It's August 8th through 11th. Uh, We've got a great lineup. We're talking to Steve Daines, who is uh, President Trump's and my um, preferred pick for new Senate majority or Senate Republican leader to come. He's the head of the NRSC. Greg Gianforte, the governor of Montana, is going to be there. We reached out to the DeSantis crew to see if we can get Governor DeSantis back. Brian Kemp's going to be there. A lot of great people coming in August. We'd love to have you. It's our time for listeners across the nation to get together in person, together, uh, grab a beer, listen to some great, great speakers, have conversations, and have them answer your questions in person. So text ENGAGE to 33777. Now, one more housekeeping note I've been asked to do. If you're in Tulsa, Dayton, or Jacksonville, and you're listening uh, right now, it's me live, Eric Erickson, uh, noon to 3 Eastern, 11 to 2 Central, uh, and you're also listening to me in the evening. So if you're hearing me in the evening, I'm actually live now, and now you're listening to me in delay in the evening. So listen live. Uh, WHIO in Dayton, Ohio, KRMG in Tulsa, Oklahoma, WOKV in Jacksonville, Florida. We have to begin at the border. My goodness, what a juxtaposition, a split screen. Joe Biden and Donald Trump both at the border. What's notable is that Joe Biden's team sent him to an area of the border that doesn't have a lot of people crossing. And Donald Trump's team sent him to an area of the border that is being overrun between uh, illegal aliens. The Biden team is trying to avoid the optics of it while also now trying to shift the blame to the Republicans because of the bipartisan compromise in Congress over the border. You should note, somewhat late-breaking news, John Fetterman of Pennsylvania said if he can get funding for Ukraine and Israel, he would be willing to go along with H.R. 2, the House Republicans' immigration package. But Joe Biden, yesterday at the border, tried to shift the blame to the Republicans on an issue that wasn't a big issue when Donald Trump was president. You must remember, and this is a fact, an inconvenient truth, when Joe Biden became president the very first day, he ended all of Donald Trump's executive orders about the border. All of Donald Trump's executive orders about the border, other than the Title 42 health care one, he ended them which began the flow into this country of millions of people, an invasion of humanity 
into the United States. Joe Biden did that, and now he has the audacity to try to blame Republicans. Here he is yesterday in Texas. Folks, it's real simple. It's time to act. It's long past time to act. I just received a briefing from the Border Patrol at the border, as well as immigration and enforcement, asylum officers, and they're all doing incredible work under really tough conditions. Really tough conditions. They told me what they, what, what you already know and we already know. They desperately need more resources. Say it again. They desperately need more resources. They need more agents, more officers, more judges, more equipment in order to secure our border. Folks, it's time for us to move on this. We can't wait any longer. He could have done this at any time in his administration. He's been there for three years. The problem has festered for three years. And now suddenly this is going to be uh, the thing he hangs his head on and the way he wants to fight. Donald Trump has the ultimate response to Joe Biden in this. And it actually is a very significant response from Donald Trump to Joe Biden about the border issue. Just one week ago, a beautiful 22-year-old nursing student from Georgia was barbarically attacked, almost unrecognizable, while she was out on her morning run. She was a morning run. She was doing a keep herself in shape. She was a beautiful young woman. She was a great person, best nursing student there was. I spoke to her parents yesterday. They're incredible people. They're devastated beyond, beyond belief. But she was beautiful, just so beautiful in so many ways and brutally assaulted, horrifically beaten, kidnapped and savagely murdered. The monster that charged, uh, charged in the death is an illegal alien migrant who was led into our country and released into our communities by crooked Joe Biden. He's crooked. I took the name away from Hillary because she's no longer relevant, I guess. She was terrible, but he is, what he is doing is just unbelievable. Joe Biden will never say Lake and Riley's name, but we will say it and we will remember it. We're not going to forget her. It's been just a horrible story that we've had to live with for the last few days. It's hard to believe. And her parents are just, they can never be the same. Great people. Say her name, Joe Biden. A number of people have pointed out when the young black uh, teenager in Missouri, East St. Louis, I believe it was, was shot through the door by an elderly uh, white man. He, the, thankfully, the, the young man survived. Joe Biden called the family, had him to the White House. When George Floyd died, the president made a big deal. He said George Floyd's name. But Joe Biden hasn't mentioned Lake and Riley. Isn't it notable he wouldn't go to East uh, Palestine, Ohio after the train derailment? He's rarely been to the border. When he goes, he makes sure to go to areas that actually aren't overwhelmed. He won't say Lake and Riley's name. He'll obsess about a, a teen who was shot and survived in Missouri. He will obsess about George Floyd. All of these progressive victims, supposedly, Lake and Riley. Hasn't mentioned her name. Hasn't mentioned her name. Here's a little more from Donald Trump at the border. But this is a Joe Biden invasion. This is a Biden invasion over the past three years. I call him Crooked Joe because he's crooked. He's a terrible president, the worst president our country's ever had, probably the most incompetent president we've ever had. 
but it's uh, allowing thousands and thousands of people to come in from China, Iran, Yemen, the Congo, Syria, and a lot of other nations. Many nations are not very friendly to us. He's transported the entire columns of uh, fighting-aged men, and they're all at a certain age, and you look at them and say, they're they look like warriors to me. Something's going on that's bad. Now the United States is being overrun by the Biden migrant crime. It's a new form of uh, vicious violation to our country. Do the Democrats really think this is a winning issue for them to try to claim that, that this is a problem with uh, Donald Trump and Republicans not passing a bipartisan Senate deal on immigration? They can certainly try. I, I got questions about this last night. I did an event for a small uh, classical Christian education school in Atlanta, Heritage, and one of the guys at the event, it was essentially auctioned off my time to go hang out with these guys, answer their questions, and had a great time with them last night. It was phenomenal. Really enjoyed it. Second time helping that school out. Great school. And one of the guys asked about the border issue. And it was like, I, you know, people remember when Donald Trump was president, we didn't have this problem. Joe Biden can blast the Republicans, but people know that this problem happened when when Biden became president of the United States. To say that suddenly this bipartisan piece of legislation in the Senate would be the cure-all when Joe Biden could have taken action for three years. And notice he won't take action now because he knows if he does, politically, people would say, well, why didn't you do it sooner? Instead, he's trying to put the burden on the House and the Senate. Congress needs to act. President Biden could act, and I think Americans know this. And then it comes down to these uh, progressive policies in sanctuary cities and states. Kathy Hugel, very hilariously, the governor of New York, suddenly claiming that in New York, yes, they're a sanctuary state with sanctuary cities, but actually they do it a little differently. This is her spin. We are allowed to work with federal immigration officials when a crime has been committed, as we should be able to. And what we want to have happen in the state of New York, if someone commits a crime like the horrific assault by migrants against police officers in Times Square, I immediately said, I want them arrested, tried, and if convicted, I want them to spend time in New York jails before they are deported, because if they're released, go back to their country, I don't know that they won't be back in the next few months. So I think we have more control, at least under New York state law. Under New York state law, not under New York City law, where the mayor there is asking the city council to amend their sanctuary city laws. New York could have banned sanctuary city statewide, but they didn't. And then you've got here in Georgia a ban on sanctuary cities, and yet the sheriff of athens Clark County talks about how he works around those laws. It is, not my, it is not my intention when they like the sheriff to cooperate with those detainers. That's not something we'll be doing. We won't be. Now, I'll stop it there because the, the audio is a little bit garbage. Fox News played that, and the mayor is say we, we don't cooperate with the feds. That's, our, that's the sheriff in Clark County where Lake and Riley was murdered saying that they don't work with the feds. Uh, it's a sanctuary city, self-declared sanctuary city, and now they're saying we can't be a sanctuary city. The state prohibits us from being a sanctuary city, and yet they're operating as one. The sheriff himself saying they don't cooperate with the feds. Having Joe Biden go to the border and blame Republicans, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because Americans remember the problem happened when Joe Biden became president. It doesn't work because illegal, immigrant, illegal immigrants are not killing people in red areas of the country 
They're in bright blue areas of the country that have declared themselves sanctuary cities, and they're killing people. They're raping people. Not all of them, not the majority of them, not even a plurality of them. But it is those who wouldn't be here but for these progressive policies from the Biden administration and progressives around the country. Lakin Riley would be alive had Joe Biden secured the border. Lakin Riley would be alive had the prosecutors in New York treated him seriously when he committed crimes there. Lakin Riley would be alive if the sheriff and the, the district attorney and the commission of athens Clark County, Georgia, had treated him seriously the first time he committed crimes there. Lakin Riley would be alive except for these progressive policies that allowed this man to stay in the country. He himself is the one who took her life but he was enabled by these progressives around the country. For Joe Biden to go to the border and say this is a crisis and we must do something about it, and the Republicans are making it worse by not passing legislation, it's been a crisis the whole time, but you people on the left and the media have refused to use the word crisis until you could conveniently try to blame Republicans for it. You say insurrection on January 6th and you won't say invasion at the border. You wouldn't say crisis until suddenly there was a way to blame Republicans. And now, oh my gosh, it's a crisis. It was a crisis on October 8th, 2022, when Jose Ibarra crossed the border at El Paso and got into this country and was put on a bus by ICE and sent to New York. It was a crisis then. It's a crisis now. You guys have refused to do anything about it until now you think you can blame the president, Trump, and blame Trump supporters and blame Republicans And this juxtaposition at the border is a reminder, having Biden and Trump there on the same day, Trump going to an area overrun by illegals and Biden doing his best to avoid it. It is a great juxtaposition between a man who stopped a crisis and a man who provoked a crisis. And Trump stopped it. Biden provoked it. And now the Democrats don't know what to do with it. It's become the number one issue in polling of the public. Number one issue. Democrats, Republicans, independents, everyone concerned about it. None of them want the illegals to stay here. This isn't an issue of Democrats are suddenly concerned about it and want amnesty. Everybody wants them gone. The only people who haven't wanted them gone are the progressive elite in this country. They won't even call them illegal aliens. They keep changing the terms. Undocumented, now they're just migrants. Migrants, undocumented migrants, they're illegal aliens according to federal law. That's the actual term in federal law, aliens. And yet the left will shame you for saying it. They can't say the names. They can't say the words. They will not say the name Lakin Riley. Want to be on the show? Hello? Hello? I I love your show. Call Eric now at 877-973-7425. Get the podcast, live stream, email, and social media links by texting Eric to 33777 now. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425 if you'd like to be on the phones. Letitia James is the attorney general in New York. She is increasingly identifying herself as a progressive icon taking on progressive causes. She's suing uh, beef producers for methane emissions by cows. And now she's calling on the Colorado Supreme Court to punish Masterpiece Cake. That is Jack Phillips Bake Shop. Jack Phillips Bake Shop serves everybody. This is revisionist history by progressive. Jack Phillips Bake Shop serves everybody. They have 
gay clients, they have straight clients, men and women. But Jack Phillips refused to make a cake for a gender transition that uh, was to depict uh, the devil, um, well, licking a um, appendage, put it to you that way. Said he wasn't going to do it. Jack Phillips is a practicing evangelical Christian. Said he wasn't going to do it, so he got sued. Uh, a, a, uh, he was targeted by a transgender activist as well to try to do a gender transition celebration cake. He refused. They will not leave the man alone. They wish him to bake cakes that offend him, and it's gone back to the Colorado Supreme Court. Remember, this case originally went to the U.S. Supreme Court, and the it came out the Colorado Civil Rights Commission had called Jack Phillips a Nazi for refusing to make a cake for a gay wedding. He was willing to give the gay couple a cake that they themselves could put the wedding topper on, but he wasn't going to put the wedding topper on for him. He was going to give them a wedding cake just without the same-sex wedding topper, and they sued him, went to the Supreme Court where they said, well, clearly the Colorado Civil Rights Commission was biased against him. And on the day of the victory, this transgender lawyer uh, sought out to get him to make this transition celebration cake knowing he wouldn't do it so he could be sued again. The persecution of Jack Phillips in Colorado has been unending, uh, and still his business is open, still his business is operating, still he's been blessed, uh, and now you've got the Attorney General in New York as this case heads to the Colorado Supreme Court wanting him punished because he's willing to bake the cake. He's just not willing to violate his sense of faith and design cakes in ways that offend his own sensibilities. The left will make you care. You will be made to care by the left. It's sad to see, but expected. The phone number, 877-973-7425. I will take your phone calls when we come back on the other side. Right now, I've got to tell you about this incredible offer to spend time learning from Victor Davis Hanson from Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College, they are missionaries. Uh, about American constitutional conservatism across the world, around the world, here in the United States, and they offer you this class with Victor Davis Hanson. And all you have to do is go to ericforhillsdale.com, ericforhillsdale.com, E-R-I-C-K. You can sign up with just your email address and take this course from Victor Davis Hanson on the decline of American citizenship, why American citizenship is important, how the founders viewed citizenship, and why progressives have tried to devalue citizenship. It's a great course to explain not just the structure of the country, but the value and what it means to be an American citizen. EricForHillsdale.com, E-R-I-C-K. If you go sign up for Hillsdale College course, you can begin a relationship with Hillsdale. They have great courses throughout the year on C.S. Lewis, on the Constitution, on American citizenship, on so much more, and there's no cost. It's EricForHillsdale.com, E-R-I-C-K, EricForHillsdale.com. This multi-part class, these lectures from Victor Davis Hanson, you can educate yourself, and then you can build a great relationship with Hillsdale College, which everybody should. Eric for Hillsdale.com. Go check it out now. We'll be right back. Smart. Fearless and occasionally funny. You're listening to the Eric Erickson Show. 
It is an open line Friday here at the Eric Erickson Show. The phone number 877-973-7425 should you wish to be on the phones. Before I get to your phone calls, though, I just I want to get something off my chest. I, I got I've I've hesitated whether or not to say this. You know, we've reached this absurd period in time where I, your host, who prides himself on being willing to say things um, that you may disagree with, and sometimes like, ah, should I, should I, is it worth picking the fight? Is it worth picking the scab? But I, I got to say this. Hunter Biden is a not great human being, obviously. Uh, if y'all heard the story that he thinks that his sobriety is the key to beating Donald Trump, um, self-absorbed narcissist. Uh, and a lot of people who battle addiction uh, have narcissistic tendencies, I think. I don't know that the Republicans, though, were putting the points on the board that people think about Hunter Biden and tying him to Joe Biden with this investigation in the House. And I hear more and more behind the scenes talking to members of Congress who I know uh, that they don't think they're going to be able to pull off the magic that the conservative commentariat uh, suggests that they will, and they're having trouble landing the plane. There are clearly there theirs when it comes to ties between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and Joe Biden's brother. It is clear the Biden family benefited from Hunter Biden. It is not clear that Joe Biden can be so explicitly directly tied to Hunter Biden in ways that prove it, maybe he can. If you listen to conservative commentary, uh, they're convinced that it's all there and everybody knows the map, but here's the problem. The only people paying attention to this are the diehard partisans who believe the Biden crime family talking points. Nobody else is paying attention to it. And even Republican viewers on Fox News who hear about it more than others don't seem to care about it. I'm not saying there's no reason to pursue it. And I'm not saying there's no there there. there. There's got to be. Joe Biden is a civil servant and has been for that long to be that wealthy, to have those houses. Uh, there's clearly been something there to benefit him, and I suspect it's these family business dealings. But the House GOP in charge doesn't seem to be able to land this plane and get what they claim. They come out repeatedly all the time. They say they've got all this salacious stuff. And then when it's actually revealed, it is overplayed and amplified by partisans on the right. But objectively, you look at it, you're like, not as much there as you say. My problem here is I'm really used to the Republicans selling a bill of goods to the base that gets the base excited, that scratches the base's itches, and then the delivery isn't really there. Now, I know, I'm wise enough to know, and I've been around this beat enough to know that you're never going to get the mainstream media to care as much about the story. In, in fact, the mainstream media, the CNNs, the MSNBCs, the New York Times, the USA Todays, the Washington Post, all of those, that they're going to overplay their hand to try to correct it on behalf of Joe Biden and try to play defense for Joe Biden. I get that. But what I also get that I think a lot of Republicans are missing is that um, it is the, the rabid partisan sites on the right that are giving the uh, coverage ad nauseum to the Hunter Biden story, trying to tie it to Joe Biden, at times grasping uh, more than they should to be able to tie it to Joe Biden, and nobody else is paying attention. 
it may excite you. I have a friend of mine who every day on Instagram in his stories puts up the latest developments on Hunter Biden. Now, here's the thing. That guy's never going to vote for Joe Biden. He's only going to vote for Donald Trump. He is a, a 100% only Trump. In fact, he's a guy who wouldn't vote for the Republicans if Trump wasn't the nominee, and he cares about the story greatly. And that's fine. Those are the people who do, though. And that doesn't expand to independent voters. If Republicans can't articulate clearly why this matters to independent voters, not just the base, it's kind of a waste of time. And thus far, they haven't been able to do that. They've got no compelling stories. And the problem here is I don't have faith in Republicans who are experts at snatching defeat from the jaws of victory to not overplay their hands in such a way that comes across as cruel and petty and blows up in their face and makes Joe Biden and Hunter Biden sympathetic figures. They're not, to be clear, they are not sympathetic figures. But you know and I know Republicans have a habit of turning people who aren't sympathetic figures into sympathetic figures by overplaying their hands. And, you know, I I do kind of wonder in the – everybody's talking about somebody's pulling Joe Biden strings. It's like, oh, it's Obama, it's Obama, it's Obama. I am more and more convinced it's not Obama. Because the more I interact with Democrats who know what's going on in the White House, the more it comes up that Joe Biden's team really hates Barack Obama's team because they blame Barack Obama for Donald Trump. Their their working theory among Joe Biden's team is that if Barack Obama had supported Joe Biden in 2016, we wouldn't have gotten Trump. We would have gotten Biden. It would have been an affirmation of Obama's legacy. Instead, he went with Hillary Clinton, who screwed it all up. We got to blame the Russians because we can't blame Hillary Clinton. And we got Donald Trump, and that's Barack Obama's fault. I think it's more likely Jill Biden and the teachers unions are pulling Joe Biden strings than it is Obama. And I have come to conclude that the reason Jill Biden wants her husband to run for, run for re-election, even though she knows he's not competent to do it, is because if he retires, she's afraid he dies. And if you're Jill Biden, do you really want to have to deal with Hunter Biden by yourself? But all the story has become is clickbait on the right. The only places I see the salaciousness covered is clickbait websites of the right. I'm not saying there's nothing there there. Don't hear me say that because I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that the Republicans have failed to penetrate the psyche of the independent voters who they need to really make this be a thing. Those independent voters, they care about immigration. They care about what's happening in Israel. They care about Ukraine. They care about the Red Sea. They care about the economy. They care about education. They care about the transgender cultural issues. They don't care about Hunter Biden. And the GOP doesn't seem capable or competent enough to land the plane on this issue and make people care about it. And I have had real concerns from the beginning that they weren't going to be able to do it. And as much as these allegations come out and Hunter Biden's testimony comes out, you will just note again who's covering this today. Right-wing websites going after clickbait. Forget the mainstream media. They know they're not going to do it. But you got to penetrate the minds of the independent voters to make them care, and the GOP hadn't figured out a way to do that, and I don't think they're going to. In fact, I was talking to a member of Congress the other day who was involved in this who told me he doesn't think they're going to get what they thought they were going to get, and he's hoping that come the election they can distract and move on and pivot away from Hunter Biden because he just doesn't see that there's going to be a there there. That's a member of Congress involved in this. That tells me a lot. Republican, no less. Not a Democrat. Republican member of Congress who just doesn't think they're going to be able to land the plane. Now, 
to the phones, 877-973-7425. George, up in Asheville, North Carolina, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, my question was, you, you talked about the uh, the Trump uh, administration's immigration policies, but you didn't actually outline uh, what they were. And then why do you feel that executive orders are more effective to immigration than actual policy that actually can last beyond a one president's administration? Oh, excellent question. Okay. Uh, so number one, let me let me take the second half. Uh, I don't actually think an executive order is better than legislation. Legislation is much better, more lasting, and more binding on presidents. Uh, but we don't need it at this moment for Joe Biden to secure the border. So what were the executive orders that Joe Biden got rid of um, from when Donald Trump was president? Donald Trump had several. One of which was the Title Forty Two executive order regarding COVID. Uh, that restricted people coming into the country uh, because of COVID. And that issue um, was left in place by Biden for about a year, year and a half. But other executive orders, for example, under immigration law, the president can declare that uh, people are, that the border agents are overwhelmed, the border's overwhelmed, it's become insecure, and we need to just shut everything down, shut down all the checkpoints uh, and reinforce the border. Donald Trump did that, and Joe Biden reversed that executive order. Uh, one of the other orders that uh, Donald Trump did was leaving people in uh, the detainment facilities in Texas. They weren't busing people around. Uh, they were keeping, uh, they were separating families. They were keeping kids separate just in case it wasn't really mom and dad who had carried the kid over. They were kidnapped, and they were coming here as uh, human trafficking victims. Uh, Joe Biden got rid of that so that your purported kidnapper could now hang out with you. Uh, Joe Biden also got rid of the detainment. So you had these, the, remember the kids in cages. Um, Donald Trump was keeping people in detainment facilities in Texas. Joe Biden got rid of that executive order and allowed them out and to spread around the country. Got rid of that executive order. That's chiefly been the one that caused the problems. Uh, Donald Trump had remained in Mexico. That was part of the COVID issue, but it had become before that as well, that people had to remain in Mexico to process their asylum. Joe Biden got rid of that except for the Title 42 COVID carve-out. So people could come here and have their asylum um, have their asylum considered. He got rid of all of these executive orders because he wanted to show he wasn't a racist bad guy like Donald Trump. And the pro problem is it overwhelmed the border. Um, John, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. How are you? I am doing great, Eric. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the uh, gathering again this year. And if anybody Excellent. is interested in debating whether going or not, I would highly recommend to do it. It was great last year. I'm looking forward to this year. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Folks, listen to John. <laughs> uh, hopefully my wife is listening to that. <laughs> um, I, have a, I have a question for you in regard to Lincoln Riley. A lot of people have talked about, well, her family needs to sue New York. Sue Alvin Bragg, sue everybody, and I'm sure there's something where maybe they can't do that. But here's my question to kind of relate to something else. The Supreme Court is going to hear the case in regards to Donald Trump of can a president have blanket immunity on actions taken while president? If they rule against Donald Trump and say, no, he doesn't have blanket immunity— does that open the door for anybody negatively impacted by all this mass illegal immigration to turn around and start suing Joe Biden? 
No, and I'm so glad you asked this question, John, because I've gotten this particularly a lot on social media. Can't they sue the uh, mayor and county commission in Clark County for making a sanctuary city? Can't they sue the sheriff's office? Can't they sue Alvin Bragg? Can't they sue Joe Biden? Um, whether you or I like it or not, those are public policy choices made by democratically elected individuals and bodies. And you can't sue them under American constitutional law for their public policy decisions. Even if those public policy decisions cause injury or harm, they can't be sued. Now, on the particular issue of immunity for Donald Trump and how it ties in, it's a it's a great question, but it goes to the illegality of actions uh, and the official and unofficial nature of actions. And essentially, they have to determine, the Supreme Court's going to determine, when Donald Trump spoke to that rally, urging people to walk down to Congress on January 6th, was he in the capacity as President Trump or candidate Trump? And can there be a division between candidate and president? And if so, was he candidate or president? Uh, and, and that then gets to this issue here. If if it is a public policy decision that you don't like, you don't get to sue in this country. You, you can't sue the president, the sheriff, and others. The Georgia has a law that says there can be no sanctuary cities in Georgia. So Athens, Clark County, its county commission said we want to we want to be open to illegal aliens and protect them as best they can. And the sheriff has said uh, we're not going to hold illegal aliens unless the federal government sends us a detention notice with a warrant. You can't sue them for that policy because it's legal for them to do that. What I also find notable is um, there is this level of desire from people. Can't we sue? Can't we sue? Um, you can't sue for everything in this country. That Sometimes you may hate the decision, but there's no lawful grounds for a lawsuit. That doesn't mean it won't stop a lawyer from trying to file a lawsuit, but it means more likely than not that lawsuit will get thrown out by the federal courts because there's just there's there's not a way there to handle the case. Um, it's unfortunate, I realize, but not just because you don't like the outcome and not just because someone got injury or was injured or, or even killed due to public policy can you sue over that public policy. Um, constitutionally in this country, we've never allowed that, and I don't think the Supreme Court's going to ever open the door for that, uh, which is part of where I think, well, they'll come down on the Trump case of they'll find ways to open the door to going after Trump without opening the door to suing presidents or charging presidents with crimes generally for decisions they've made. The bottom line is if it's a public policy decision made by an elected official, even if you don't like it, even if you think it might be contrary to the law, you can sue about the public policy, but you can't sue for damages related to the public policy. Now, let me talk to you guys, speaking of costs, um, if if you're a business owner, $179 a year, think about this. You've got, a, you, you've got a company, you've got multiple employees, they've all got computers, and you just don't want to spend the $70,000, $80,000 to have an in-house IT guy at all times. $179 a year, you can pay Vision Computers, and they will take over your 
um, Q&A questions, maintenance for your computers, for your employees. If you call Vision Computers at 404-COMPUTE or go to visioncomputers.com, you can sign up with them. And what happens is your employees will get a phone number. And if they have any question about their computer, or they, they have problems with their email, they have problems with the printer, they can call Vision Computers and they'll take care of it for them. So you're saving the salary of an in-house IT guy and you're spending $179 a year. By the way, they also have deals for you individuals as well. Now you're saying, but I didn't get my computers from Vision Computers. Doesn't matter. They'll do it for you. And then if you want your computers from Vision Computers, laptops, desktops, servers, workstations, whatever you need, they'll build those for you. It's a great deal for a great company. They have over 3,500 five-star reviews for their services. That's how good this company is. Visioncomputers.com or 404 Compute. Call them, tell them I sent you. You'll get an even better deal on building a laptop or desktop if you tell them I sent you. Any one of you nationwide, any business nationwide can take advantage of this. 404 Compute or visioncomputers.com. When the world seems crazy, he'll keep you sane. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Join Eric's Army of Activists. Text ARMY to 33777 now. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan in Noonan, Georgia. The Frost family has been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 90s. They've been around a long time. They're going to be around a long time. They want to help your business. If you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, anywhere nationwide, you see opportunity, you need $250,000 or more to grow, reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan, see if they might be able to help you. First Liberty Building and Loan. Uh, their website is firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. There's a humorous story, I think, in um, NBC News, how Biden aides are trying to shield the president from protests. They are uh, trying to block Palestinian sympathizers from showing up at Biden events. So they are withholding their precise locations from the media and the public until Joe Biden arrives. They're avoiding college campuses, uh, and they've been hiring a private company to vet the attendees. The results have resulted in zero disruptions at events the White House and the campaign have organized over the last five weeks since he was interrupted a dozen times during an abortion rights speech in Virginia. Um, so they're doing smaller venues that they can control more. I wonder if he's actually going to debate Donald Trump. Can you imagine... I was talking about this last night at that, that um, Heritage event in Atlanta. Um, it would be so great for my ratings if Donald Trump and Joe Biden debated each other, but I don't know that they'll pull it off. They hate each other so much. Joe Biden, I am told, um, refers to Donald Trump as a as an MFR uh, whenever the subject comes up and really doesn't like the guy. Donald Trump, of course, if he were on stage with Joe Biden, would immediately pick on Joe Biden about his uh, stammering confusion. Uh, my son was laughing the other night about Shane Gillis' stand-up referring to Joe Biden once he stopped speaking as a Roomba, bouncing back and forth across the stage, unaware of where to go. I don't know that the man has what it takes to be able to debate Donald Trump, but my gosh, it would be comedy gold. It would be amazing. When we come back, we're going to talk about how the press keeps getting everything wrong. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. 
Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.